Good morning, church. I hope you're doing wonderful. My name is Abacuc Diaz, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. Whether you are online or in person, we are just very, very glad that you have chosen to invest your time with us. This morning, we are looking at the third theme of our Advent series. We started a few weeks ago with Eric, and last week, Wally did a wonderful job teaching us about love and how love is at the core of the Christmas story. So uh, today, we are lighting a candle to remind us of the joy that Jesus brings. So yeah, today we are talking about joy. And I am super, super excited about this. Because, you know, this is the most wonderful time of the year, right? So joy should be at the very, very top of our priorities. Out of everything we do, during this season, joy should be at the very, very top. So, something that I would like us to do this morning together is to look into a couple of simple questions. First, what is joy? Then, uh, where does joy come from? And very important, how do we keep it? Because it seems to me that this is a, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it's also a pretty crazy time of the year. You know, there's so much going on that we potentially could get distracted and do very well a lot, uh, with a lot of things during this season and forget about joy. Something that has happened to me before is that during this season, I'm able to experience that joy. You know, there's a lot of, Wonderful things happen, you know, family and, you know, what happens at church. We sing these beautiful songs and it just brings joy to understand that God loves us in such a way, you know, they send his son. And then if we look at the crazy story of Christmas and just the circumstances that surrounded all of that, you know, it, it really kind of just, just brings you joy. But then the season is over and, you know gone and it seems like the joy is also over and gone so yeah what is joy uh, where does joy come from and how do we keep it something that i really believe is the joy is an essential part of the christian experience i really believe that once we become christians we should be able to live and experience a life that contains joy. Something that I really believe is that when people walk through the doors of our building on a Sunday morning, they should be able to walk into a place where they're able to feel and experience through what we are doing the joy that Jesus brings. Out of everything that happens there, something that has a huge impact 
in the heart and the life of the people that come sometimes for the first time is when they find a group of people that are experiencing joy. I really believe that one of our main uh, outreach programs in our church should be, you know, living a life of joy. Imagine if somebody walks in and is able to, to see something different, something that they don't experience anywhere else. That joy has the potential of deeply impacting the life of those people. I remember this one time I went to this small church. And, you know, it was a small church, so they had a really small building. And I was there visiting. And it was my first time. And I walked in a little bit, you know, the service already had started, but I walked in and because it was a small church, everybody knew that I was walking in and it was a new person. And, you know, I knew that they were looking at me too. So, you know, it was a little bit uncomfortable at first, but then it came a time during the service when the person in charge from the pulpit started calling out and asking if there was somebody there for the first time. And that was me. So somebody, you know, sitting there in the small church, pointed out to me and said, this, this guy, he's here for the first time. And the person in charge called out to me and said, hey, what is your name? In the middle of everybody, singled me out and said, what is your name? So I told him my name. And then he asked me, who invited you? So I told him who invited me. And in that moment, the whole church started clapping just clapping and clapping and clapping and just it's like a what I could see like I feel like it's a standing ovation you know it's, people were clapping and I could see somebody just up in the back just smiling really hard I see some lady just giving me two thumbs up telling me that how glad they were that I was there for the first time that I was a visitor to their community and I'll tell you the truth I don't remember a word that was preached that Sunday nor I remember you know any of the songs we you know we did that day but I, I am never going to forget how that group of people made me feel when they started clapping when they started making everything possible to understand that they were feeling a deep joy that someone was joining their community to me, joy is an essential part of our Christian experience. To answer the question, what joy is, I started reading and researching. And while I was researching, I came across this little website uh, that you have probably heard about. It's called YouTube. In there... I found this fascinating little video. It's a short video, just about four minutes long. And it's made by these guys called The Bible Project. And in this video, they do a fantastic job explaining what joy is within the biblical context. Something that was fascinating to see because of the detail of their explanation is how God has been you know, present with the theme of joy 
through all the whole story of the Bible. God has always included joy through all, all his work. Also, something that was fascinating to see is that, you know, God comes to us and brings us joy. You know, this is what the Advent season is about. That's what we are talking uh, today. Something that we see is that we experience this joy, but we are also able to share the joy with God when we approach Him. We know and understand that there is a joy in the Father's heart when we come to Him. So yeah, the video is fantastic and does a really great job explaining how and uh, in, in what is joy. You know what? I'm going to show you the video. It's, it's really worth it. Being in a good mood is really great, and most languages have lots of words to describe the experience, like happy, cheerful, joyful, and so on. The same goes for the languages of the Bible. In ancient biblical Hebrew, there's a variety of words, like simcha, sason, or gil. In the Greek New Testament, there's kara, euphrasune, or agaliasis. Each word has its own unique nuance, but they all basically refer to the feeling of joy and happiness. Now, what makes these biblical joy words interesting is noticing the kinds of things that bring happiness and also seeing how joy is a key theme that runs through the whole story of the Bible. Let's start with sources of joy. On page one of the Bible, God says that this world is very good. And so naturally, people find joy in beautiful and good things of life, like growing flocks or an abundant harvest on the hills. The poet of Psalm 104 says a good bottle of wine is God's gift to bring joy to people's hearts. People find joy at a wedding or in their children. There's even a Hebrew proverb that compares the joy that perfume brings to your nose with the joy a good friend brings to your heart. However, human history isn't just a joy fest. The biblical story shows how we live in a world that's been corrupted by our own selfishness. It's marked by death and loss. And this is where biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. It's an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. So when the Israelites were suffering from slavery in Egypt, God raised up Moses to lead them into freedom. And the first thing the Israelites did was sing for joy. Even though they were in the middle of a desert, they were vulnerable, the promised land was still far away, they rejoiced anyway. Later biblical poets looked back on this story and they remembered how the Lord caused his people to leave with joy, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. This joy in the wilderness, this was a defining moment, a way of saying that the joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. This theme appears later in Israel's story, when Israel suffered under the oppression of foreign empires. The prophet Isaiah looked for a day when God would raise up a new deliverer like Moses. That's when those redeemed by the Lord will return to Zion with glad shouts, with eternal joy crowning their heads. Happiness and joy will overtake them. And while the Israelites waited, they chose joy to anticipate their future redemption. This is why it's significant that when Jesus of Nazareth was born, it was announced as good news that brings great joy. We're told that Jesus himself rejoiced and gave thanks to God his Father. 
when he began to announce the kingdom of God. He even taught his followers the same joy in the wilderness, saying, when people reject you or persecute you for following me, rejoice, be very glad, because your reward is great in heaven. After his death and resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers to go out and announce the good news that he was the risen king of the world. And as they did so, the early Christian communities were known for being full of joy, even when they were persecuted. Like when the apostle Paul was sitting in a dirty Roman prison, he could say that he's chosen joy even if he gets executed. He called this the joy of faith or joy in the Lord. He believed it was the gift of God's spirit, a sign that Jesus' presence is with you, inspiring hope in the midst of hardship. And when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. Now, this doesn't mean that you ignore or suppress your sorrow. That's not healthy or necessary. Paul often expressed his grief about missing loved ones or losing friends or his own freedom. He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. As he acknowledged his pain, he also made a choice to trust Jesus that his loss wouldn't be the final word. This is very different from the trite advice to turn that frown upside down. Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. And that's what biblical joy is all about. So yeah, I think that is a fantastic answer to our question, what is joy? But we have two more questions to answer this morning. The second question is, where does joy come from? And I think that in order to answer this question, we can look at the experience of the shepherds. In the story of the nativity, there's several characters. And some of these characters are this group of shepherds. The shepherds were out in the field doing their work, and they are the first ones to be notified about Jesus' birth. So they have a pretty important place in this whole story. And they were able to experience firsthand and live in person the source of the joy that Jesus brings. We are able to see how the shepherds have a personal encounter with God and are able to live through this experience and be changed forever. You know, the first thing that we are able to see and we are able to understand how joy comes to us is by seeing that joy comes through the Spirit of God. God himself revealed to the shepherds through an angel and told them about what was about to happen. They, they, told, they were told, you know, there's no more need to wait. The joy has arrived. He is here. Then, the shepherds were able to experience joy by understanding the joy comes to us when we abide in God's presence. You know, there is a chance that the shepherds could have experienced this and just completely run away from this situation. But they didn't. They stayed there. 
they were able uh, to take in this information and it was a blessing to them and because they did this they were able there was they were also able to become a blessing so joy comes to us when we abide in God's presence and finally joy comes to us when we believe and obey his word they received the word of the Lord directly from an angel. They believed it and they also obeyed it. In the same way, we have uh, the word of God in the Bible. And we are able to find and experience true joy when we believe and obey what the Bible teaches us. So, our joy comes from the Spirit of God, comes from abiding in God's presence, and comes from believing and obeying His Word. So the last question for us today is how do we keep it? How are we able to keep this joy? How are we able to keep this joy in the middle of this just crazy and busy season? How are we able to keep this joy a priority in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives? When, you know, we are concerned about what are we going to do for our loved ones or, you know, for our neighbors. How are we able to keep this joy knowing that very often the joy of Advent, the joy of the coming of the Christ goes away as soon as the season is over. One thing that we need to do is to realize that the most obvious and important realities are often the ones that are the hardest to see and talk about. This season is a wonderful and beautiful season, but also is a very revealing season. The season of Advent, as we prepare our hearts, often reveals, you know, the condition of our hearts. And there is one thing that we can do to keep this joy. And that thing is to look at Jesus Christ. We are able to find in Jesus what we need to be able to keep this joy. We need to look at the details of His life to understand how we are able to move forward keeping this joy with us. One thing that happens to us is that sometimes our habits about our consumption have a great impact in our joy. And that's a reality that many of us face. More often, our habits and the way we go about our consumptions during this season have the potential to keep us away from the true joy of Advent, from the true joy of the coming of Christ. There's a couple of questions that we can ask that are going to help us to understand where are we at right now. If you ask yourself, does stuff 
competes with my devotion with God, and you find yourself the, in fact, you know, you are more concerned about stuff than your devotion to God, there's a possibility that you are not going to be able to keep that joy. Also, you can ask yourself, do I have more than I need? And am I sharing what I have? The reality is that casual and unchecked consumption is like playing with fire. And what burns away first when this happens is the joy in our heart. We can find ourselves in a place that joy is completely gone when we are not able to keep this thing in check. So as I look at Christ and I look at his life, I'm able to understand some of the steps that he is constantly taking and teaching people to take in order to keep this joy. The first step is to say yes to a life of contentment. Because we don't want to simply just say, you know, hand you out a list of things that you can't do. In the contrary, we want to position you in a place where you are able to say yes. And the first thing, following the example of Christ, we are able to keep this joy by living a life of contentment. Also, like Christ, we will be able to keep this joy if we focus first in spiritual things. And second, in everything else. The life of Christ is a life that is focused on spiritual things. And when we focus on the spiritual things first, we are able to keep joy. The joy of the coming of Christ, the joy that Jesus brings, stay with us when we make sure that we first focus on spiritual things. And third and last, for us to be able to keep this joy, we need to follow the example that Jesus gives us. An example of prayer and thanksgiving. If there is something that you're looking for, to make this season special, to make a long-lasting impact in the life of your family, of those around you, the ones you love, I encourage you to pray with them and to share with them the thanksgiving that is within your heart because that is the way that we keep this joy.